and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. I'm Katie. I'm your host today. Thanks for listening. Today I have an email from Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Thank you for writing to us. Here's her message. I have been wanting to send y'all a message for a few weeks now and I have been putting it off. I think a big part of that was because of how I wanted to wait until I knew exactly what I wanted to share. There has been so much going on through my head the last few months that I could write a thousand emails each on a different topic. So for this email, I wanted to make sure I chose one that I wish I had heard more of as a member so I could have been more empathetic to those who left the church and then more empathetic to myself as this change has happened with me. So the topic I chose was how leaving the church is not easy despite what they teach in church. To start off, I was born in the church. On both sides of my family, we date back to the LDS pioneers. I am even related to Brigham Young and J-Dog. Gag. (laughs) Yeah, right? Ew. (laughs) So the gospel was very much ingrained in me from day one. I grew up 100% a Molly Mormon from the time I was young until about a few months ago. Like I would look down on someone just because they wore spaghetti straps or went out to a restaurant on Sunday. Girl, same. I did the same thing. I wasn't a Molly Mormon as long as you were, but I definitely remember judging people by what they wore or if you saw them doing anything not church-related on Sunday. I get it. (laughs) Okay, back to the letter. I did everything right, even when I did not receive those promised blessings, even when I did not feel uplifted going through my endowments, even when I literally had to drag myself to church because I would rather be anywhere else. I did it because I was taught to obey and that if I obeyed, it would lead to eternal happiness. Then my shelf broke. It broke a few months ago when we had not been to church for a while, about two to three months, because our kids were just always sick. Then a Sunday came where everyone was better, so I went to my husband to ask him to help me get the kids ready to go. He then proposed we not go back to church, and his reason why was because he noticed that we had been much happier not going to church than he'd been when he was going every week. I then stepped back and looked at it from my perspective and realized that I too had been so much happier without that two-hour window where I had to drag my kids to church. One hour was spent wrestling them in the hallway, and the second hour I spent trying not to fall asleep. Then my whole day was basically void of being able to do anything else. I was so shocked to make this realization that I was happier not going to church than I was when I was going. How could this be? I was taught for more than 25 years that this was not possible, that you cannot have true happiness without being a full-time member, a full tithe payer, a regular prayer and scripture reader. But despite not doing any of these things, I was the happiest I had been in years, if not the happiest I had ever been. But don't let this fool you. Although I have been able to realize I am happier outside of the church, at the same time these past few months have been the hardest months of my life. I have all of a sudden had to realize that this ultimate truth I had always believed in was a lie. My biggest struggle, I would say, is that I am having to learn in my late 20s something that most people learn as small children how to make decisions for yourself. Growing up in the church, I literally had every decision made for me. Should I buy this shirt? Yes, as long as it covers your shoulders and is not too low cut or tight. What should I drink? Anything you want, as long as it isn't coffee, tea, or alcohol. Who should I date? Someone who has a testimony, has served a mission, and can marry you in the temple. What should I be when I grow up? A mom and a wife. 
All of those decisions, plus so many more, were constantly being made for me by God, or so I thought. Turns out it was just a bunch of old white dudes. Now I can make decisions on my own, but that little voice is still there. That voice that guilts and shames me into not buying that cute off-the-shoulder dress or just trying a sip of coffee. These little things most people decide if they like or not as young children or teens, I still get anxiety over whether they will be the ultimate reason for why I would or would not enter heaven. I look at how the last few months have been, at how hard they have been, and it reminds me of what I used to think of members who would leave the church. My reaction was always, they must have been offended by someone, what a ridiculous reason to leave the true church. Or, too bad they gave into the easier decision just so they could have some drinks and sex. (laughs) Now that it's me going through this, I can see that it is not easy. I wish I could go back and be there for those people I had seen leave the church before me. This change is freaking hard. It is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. I have never before felt so alone. Yes, there are amazing podcasts and online communities where I can be surrounded by other people who understand me, but those in my life I had chosen be- to, but sorry, <laughs> but those in my life I had chosen to surround myself with I can't be the real me around them anymore. They won't understand. They can't understand because their core beliefs tell them that I am now a project, someone to feel sorry for, and someone who they need to save. I don't need saving. I need a friend who can sit in the same room as me as I enjoy a glass of wine and not be thinking I am damning myself and my family. I have also seen so many families who have been torn apart because one of their one of their family members choose to leave the church. I was so scared this was going to be me. My sister and dad had always been two people who I saw as having really deep-rooted testimonies in the church. I was terrified to tell either of them, so for months I pretended it wasn't happening. I didn't bring it up in any conversation I had with them. Then one day, I decided to let my sister know. I was visibly shaking as I held the phone to my ear, so scared that our relationship would be ruined that she and I would now have nothing in common, and that she would distance herself from her now apostate sister. I told her, I am no longer going to church, and I don't plan on going back. Her reply was, why? I continued, the biggest reason right now is because I don't want my kids learning the same same shame and guilt I was taught. And then I heard her agree with me, and everything changed. My anxiety, which had started out as fearful and worried, was now an anxiety of excitement and intrigue. Why was my sister, who I thought visited the temple at least once a week, agreeing with the statements I was making for why the church wasn't true? She then began to tell me how she, too, had been questioning the church and had a big issue with the guilt and shame she has been carrying. So I had been terrified of coming to her and telling her the truth, when at the same time she was scared of telling me her truth. She then brought up how our dad had been someone who had been a big support for her in her questioning. I asked her how he took the news, and she said he took it great. He had stopped going to church years before, so he understood where her questions were coming from. At the same time, I was both so relieved that I could be honest with my family, but also so angry with this church for making it seem impossible to be honest with people who were so close because we all felt we couldn't be honest with each other. We knew if the other person was still a believing member that this church would be more important than we were and we would be set back and we would be set on the back burner. So no, leaving the church is not the easy option. At the same time, going back to church would not be an easy option either after knowing the truth. 
but knowing that this is supposed to be hard does make it a little easier because I know I am not going crazy and eventually I hope the good days will outnumber the bad. Ashley, thank you so much. I relate so much to your email. I totally get it. I still don't really bring up things about church to my family because I am afraid of of it separating us. And I know that my family loves me. My family is wonderful. But I remember the feeling of being a Mormon and how you feel about ex-Mormons. And it's hard to really be fully honest about how you feel because you're scared because the church, you know, says that the church and God is first. (laughs) Um, I actually had a kind of a conversation a little bit like this with my dad, who is a bishop. Um, And of course, he knows I'm not active. I don't know if he knows I'm not a member anymore, but... He was telling me that one of his counselors, so in the bishopric people, if you don't know, there's a bishop and then two counselors. He was telling me that one of his counselors had said something along the lines of, if I stopped attending church, my wife would divorce me. My wife would leave me. And my dad thought that that was really sad, that religion shouldn't divide. It should bring people together. And I thought that was really insightful and really interesting, especially, you know, coming from a very active LDS person's mouth. Um, but it's true where we are taught that we shouldn't question. And so when you do have these doubts, you hold them in and you hold it, keep them to yourself and you feel like you're going crazy and you feel like you're sinful. Um, but you're not, you're totally, totally not. And I really appreciate you pointing that out and, shedding light on that and hopefully someone will listen to this and it will give them the courage to speak up and speak their truth as well as always i really appreciate all the emails that we get sent they're just so wonderful Um, if you want to send your story in please do our email is not so molly mormon podcast at gmail.com i'll see you guys next week bye